0: Good morning, Grace Baptist Church. I'm so happy to join you this morning and honored that you would take this time to explore God's Word with me today. I want to spend some time looking at a passage that is very familiar to most of you. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. But most Bibles subtitle as the Great Commission. Let me read it to you from the Word of God, beginning at verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. As a missionary serving in my own home community, among my own people group, let me share with you what God has shown me in this passage over the years. You will notice a curious phrase in verse 16, some doubt it. Now imagine with me for a moment that we are standing among that crowd of people. Remember that there were probably more than just the 11 disciples' present there. They're talking with Jesus, a man who was raised from the dead. They saw him beaten, flesh-torn, crucified. And for about the past 40 days, he has spoken, eaten, appeared among them. So I don't think they doubted Jesus. I don't think they doubted that he was the Messiah. Remember Thomas? In front of the eleven, Jesus told him not to doubt him or the reality that he had risen. So, no, I do not believe that they doubted Jesus. They did not doubt the resurrection. So, what did they doubt? Themselves. I believe they doubted themselves. I mean, wouldn't you? Put yourself in their shoes. Everyone knew Jesus was leaving. That was why they were there. Verse 16 says, Jesus directed them there. Jesus had told them that he would ascend to heaven before their very eyes. So there you are, standing with the disciples. Now, all your life, you've been told that the Messiah would change the world. There he is, right in front of you. And he is leaving. The Romans are still in power. Herod is still king. People are still being crucified daily. What's going on? The Messiah leaving? Who, who then is left to change the world? You expect us to change the world? You're leaving that to us? And that is where we are at, beloved. Yes. It is up to us to change the world. That is the meaning of the Great Commission. I learned recently that on November 15th of this year, the world's population is going to top 8 billion. And the best guess is that 3 billion of people would consider themselves Christian. But here in Canada, the church is in decline and has been for some time. Now, I, I don't want to go into all the reasons why that is. Frankly, we don't have time. I truly believe that Jesus will return very soon. We're running out of time, Canada. So let me spend the rest of my time with you here today talking about our commission to go and make disciples. It is easy to lead a person to Christ, to get a person to say the sinner's prayer. Now, just between you and me, I think that is the worst way to lead a person to salvation. I mean, how's it working? Well, the fact is, is that it's not. The church is in decline. What we need are disciples. What we need is a church that makes disciples. That is what is missing. There are only two things that you need to do once a person has accepted Jesus Christ to save you. The first is to baptize them. Any Christian can baptize. And baptism should be done as soon as a new believer can articulate What baptism is and why they want to be baptized. The second thing we need to do is teach them and anyone can teach. Did you teach your children how to walk, talk, eat, drink? Do you need to teach people to swear or smoke? I mentioned those last ones because that's what kids are doing these days. How did they learn those things? By watching and by wanting to be like the ones they were watching. You don't need a theology degree to teach. You don't have the full revelation of God. No one does. The 12 disciples certainly did not. Even Paul did not. Now, he had a lot more theology than me, but that does not disqualify, or excuse me, from teaching. Teach what you know. Pray. And trust God to bring others to reveal to them everything else. You and I are only part of the process. But be a part of the process. That is not an option. Now, when discipling new Christians, it's important to remember a few things. When a person comes to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, they bring three things with them. They bring baggage. They bring garbage, and they bring questions. So how does the church treat people who bring garbage? And how does the church treat people with baggage? How does the church treat people with questions? So first, the garbage. It's very likely that they do not know that it is garbage. They've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And it's very likely that they're not willing to let go of their garbage. Of course, we recognize it for exactly what it is. Garbage. The problem is that to that person to whom it belongs, it's not garbage. Picture a person who is homeless. There's literally thousands of them. He's smelly. Dressed in rags, loaded down with a huge backpack and pushing a shopping cart full of all his worldly possessions. When you meet him on the street and tell him the good news about Jesus Christ, he repents and becomes a Christian. And so now you start to teach him how to read the Bible and introduce him to other Christians. So after a couple of days, you see that he's still pushing that same cart full of garbage. So, you tell him it's garbage, you begin to take it out and explain why it's garbage, and proceed to throw it away from him. But instead of being grateful, he gets angry. He punches you in the nose, and rather than retrieve his garbage out of the dumpster that you threw it into, he dives in headfirst and slams the lid. It may be a long time before you can coax him to come back out. Essentially, what you did when you threw out his garbage is you stole from him. You called his possessions worthless, and you repudiated his dignity by denying his choice to dispose of his garbage his way. You see, from his point of view, his belongings are not garbage. Here, Paul's instruction how to handle the situation in Second Timothy Chapter 2, 24 to 26. It says we should be kind, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, his garbage, and correcting your opponents with gentleness so that God may grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth so that they can come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. An example of garbage is lies people believe. Everyone in this world believes lies to some degree or another. Evolution is a good example. Gender identity, marijuana. Here in Canada, there are hundreds of them. Instead, lead them to the word of God. People come out of the world with a lot of garbage. And if you try and take the garbage away without their consent, then you are actually stealing from them. Rather than taking it away, enforcing your will, lead them to the word of God and let God lead them to repentance, his will. The second thing people bring into the kingdom is baggage. Baggage are the things that we insist upon carrying by ourselves and not giving to Jesus. Most people are on a journey to becoming their own person, trying to become some ideal of their own choosing, thinking that they are being authentic by being true to themselves, trying to make themselves in their own image. And that's the problem. We were created in God's image. The fact is, is that the most authentic expression of who you really are is not what you think yourself to be, but who God created you to be. People expend enormous time, energy, and resources trying to find an authentic expression of themselves. Tattoos, piercing, music, clothes, makeup, the list is endless. Sociologists tell us that our personality is formed in the first five years of our lives. We draw conclusions and create meaning about family, life, important issues in those tender years, which becomes most of our baggage. Someone once said that adulthood is a stage of life you spend getting over your childhood. This is why our questions are so important as we grow in Christ. Slowly, God encourages us to lay our baggage down at the foot of the cross and to take on. The yoke of Christ. In that process, you learn that who you thought you were is not who you were created to be. As Max Licato writes, "God loves you just as you are, but He also loves you too much to leave you that way." As an example of baggage, everyone has someone that they need to forgive, and everyone needs to learn what forgiveness truly is, and then how to forgive, even mature, long-standing Christians. We need to forgive others, but we also need to forgive ourselves. Forgiveness is a divine act, and it is one thing that we do that is most divine-like. We need God to work with us to bring about real, sincere, forgiveness. We need the guidance of God's word to help us in that process. We also need to learn to forgive God. Not that God needs to be forgiven, but we need to let go of the blame that we tend to naturally assign to God when things are going bad. And right now, a lot of people are blaming God for the condition of the world lead them to the Word of God, and let God help them deal with their baggage. Finally, everyone comes into the kingdom of light with questions. I'm talking about real questions, those deep-seated questions in the murky depths of our heart about life, our purpose, why we exist. God uses questions to draw people to himself. He reveals lies and the darkness of our hearts with our questions. That is why no person is able to provide soul-satisfying answers to another person's deep questions. You cannot teach those answers. And that's not your job. Our job is to teach what we have learned. In order to find soul-satisfying answers, we need the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit, and we need God the Father. Only God can reveal the answers in a way that a person accepts and believes. When a person comes to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, they need the Word of God. So, go and make disciples. That is our commission, yours and mine. Do not doubt your commission, and do not doubt yourself. Don't worry about their garbage, their baggage, and their questions. Let them bring them all. God can handle it. There are only two things that you need to do. Baptize. Like I said, any Christian can baptize. And baptism should be done as soon as a new believer can articulate what baptism is, and why they want to be baptized, and teach them. Anyone can teach. Teach them about a God who wants them to bring their garbage, their baggage, and their questions. That is God's plan to change the world. And it's all in your hands. Yours and mine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father God, we are just so incredibly grateful that your Son, Jesus, who existed and created the world, came into the world to save sinners such as us. And Father God, left us this awesome commission to go and make disciples. Father God, we are just so incredibly grateful for who you are, that you are loving and kind and gracious. Father God, that you are forgiving, that you are patient. And Lord God, that you are willing to work with us these clay broken vessels in order to change the world. Father God, I pray that we would participate in this process. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that rather than spending our time online listening to great servant, that we would go out and make disciples. Lord, that we would connect with people face-to-face, that we would meet them just as they are, that in whomever we meet, that we would recognize the image of God. Father God, that we would show them just how incredibly precious and valuable they are to you, and how much you desire them to spend eternity with you. Father God, it is all about your plan. It is all about you. Forgive us, Lord, when we tend to think it's all about us and making it to heaven. Lord God, you are in the business of reconciling the world to yourself. Father God, I pray that we would be faithful to that calling, that we would be ministers of reconciliation in the world. Lord, empower us by your Holy Spirit to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them those things that you have taught us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. God bless.